black, like Casola. Yes, completely black, like straight fucking coffee. It is the sludge from hell. Hello, and welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spax. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 30, Day of the Machines. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Yeah. (laughs) We start with, of course, Midnight, Quantum Laboratories, home of America's most secret inventions. A security guard finds some, um, misplaced items. Uh, (laughs) some very familiar misplaced items, um... (laughs) Hi, Soundwave! (laughs) So, the guard picks up a picks up Soundwave along with a box and a guitar case and takes them to the lost and found. It looked like it was in someone's office, so why does the security guard uh, take it to lost and found? Why does he even do that? I mean, he says something about the absent-minded professor being at it again. Um, Does this mean he just does this with anything that's left in people's offices? (laughs) He's like the most passive-aggressive security guard ever it is. Like, oh, that would be super annoying every time you come in. It's like, where, where's my, my office plant? I guess, you know, Roger took it back to the lost and found because Roger is a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> laser beacon sound wave transform and uh, sound wave tosses a key to laser beak, telling him to release Megatron. And, oh my god, Megatron's in the freaking guitar case. Why didn't he just transform instead of them unlocking it? Why do they care about the structural integrity of this random guitar case? Maybe it would be uncomfortable to transform and burst out of it. I don't know. Okay, so Megatron doesn't like being uncomfortable. Is that why he was in a plush guitar case? Obviously. (laughs) He's got a riding comfort. Once Megatron's free, Soundwave grabs the box and Megatron blasts the lost and found, uh, door gate. gate. They were, like, in a kind of gated, like, uh, clear fence area, if that makes sense. Yeah. Chain link fence. That's the word I'm looking for. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Megatron blasts the, uh, the chain link entrance to the lost and found with his fusion cannon. And yet, my guitar case will survive this and just gets left behind. <laughs> That's a lot of attention to detail for something that does not matter at all. <laughs> right. Megatron and Soundwave then subvert some tanks by flying over them undetected. You know, in the, in the gentle glow of the moonlight. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the whole Megatron being somewhat subtle here thing. It's Megatron, what can you do? <laughs> so Megatron uh, blasts a hole in the roof of the building that they land on. Okay, subtle for him. <laughs> we are then introduced to the most powerful computer on Earth, Torque 3. This implies the existence of Torques 1 and 2, so what happened to them? For that matter, why is it Decepticon scaled? No one knows, although I do love the image of Torques 1 and 2 being shoved into, like, a broom closet somewhere. Probably rather glad they're in that broom closet, considering what happens to Torque 3 after this. Yep. So... Megatron then reprograms Torque 3 to serve only him. 
by using this really phallic looking thing that comes out of his helm. It's a literal mindfuck, guys. Literally, that looks like that is what is happening. Yes. <laughs> very, very much. <laughs> yes, like you weren't watching that bit when we scripted this, <laughs> and then I threw it out, and then we rewatched it, and you were like, oh! Yeah, I was like, okay, sure, mindfuck, because I'm like looking down and typing, and then I look up when I had to rewind for some reason, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> It's just like, yeah, that's why I said it. I'm like, yeah, I was looking. <laughs> well, that image will never leave my head. Great. And now it's in yours. <laughs> or it will be. We have screenshots. Anyway, <laughs> Torque begins blaring illegal access, illegal access. Oh, that brings to mind so many bad things. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Yikes. It certainly is, Megatron replies. It's amazing, I love it. <laughs> oh god, the computerism screen face thing is purple, so what were these people thinking? Is this, this is like Decepticon catnap. Did they hear it was purple and decided they needed to have it in addition to it being the most powerful computer? No, Megatron heard it was purple and decided they need to, needed to have it. <laughs> he would. <laughs> so... Megatron, being himself, proceeds to program it with his personality because what could be better? More of him. <laughs> okay, but, but why does sticking his head dick into the other computer make it into a copy of him? I have so many questions right now. The first of which is, why would this be a good idea? Did Megatron just forget he's a complete and total bastard who doesn't like authority? <laughs> Obviously there's no one better than him, so... <laughs> That's fine and dandy until the thing tries to rebel against you, and I'm like, it's you. Of course it's not you. It's a blind spot he has. Obviously. Soundwave and Megatron then opened the box they had brought in with them and put the microchips inside onto these really strange-looking robots around the lab Torque is in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what possible application do these robots have? How do they function? One's got little noodly arms that don't even, that they don't really seem like they should be able to lift anything. And they're all just sort of scattered around the lab, higgledy-piggledy in yeah. a line or something. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Once the microchips, apparently called circuit linkers, touch the other robots, Torque can control them. He then uses Soundwave for target practice, another lovely character for my shit list, apparently. Owls is developing quite a shit list. I am. I've got my hit list. The funny thing is, there will be several that will die. Foreshadowing for the movie. Unfortunately, characters I actually like will die, so I don't really think that gets me, you know, anything, honestly. There's no net gains there. There's no net gains here. And so elsewhere, two scientists are working super late, wondering if they made Torque Torque 3, even though it's not specified here, you know, too smart. And Torque could control the whole world. Uh, whatever would we do if the wrong person got a hold of him? Um, you know, so you mean, like, right now, this very second. <laughs> ah, one of the scientists notices that it's, you know, fucking after midnight and says they should go home and get some sleep. He says, oh, we are the scientist lovers. It's possible. Maybe they're married. 
it's getting spicy tonight, baby. Welcome to Dr. Love's laboratory. <laughs> and so as he turns to leave, or as one of the scientists turns to leave, the robot-controlled door closes and locks them in. When they go to call maintenance, Torque tells them that maintenance can't help them. <laughs> this is why robot doors are bad, guys. <laughs> or not having a secondary method in which to exit, at least, is very bad. Yep. The other scientist um, starts rebu rebuilding his uh, little TV phone into something that can call long distance in order to call for help, because I guess Torque does not control the phone lines. Or won't if he rebuilds it. I guess? I don't know. Elsewhere, by dawn's morning light, Megatron, Rumble, and Frenzy are flying around putting more of the control chips onto some oil tankers, because that's how that works, I guess. D did you know oil tankers come in fleet specs? It seems like so much wasted effort went into this shot. They clearly drew all of these ships individually. Ah, uh, the days before digital animation and coloring, I think. But they could have just Xeroxed one of them and then... <laughs> or even erased them, maybe. <laughs> but I, yes. I mean, look at 101 Dalmatians. They did fucking That's Xerox. True. So many of Xerox Dalmatians. Shit, that's right. There are a ton of Xerox dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere, at the Ark, Teletran warns Optimus that there's skullduggery afoot. A bunch of oil tankers are converging near the Decepticon base, which is in the middle of the ocean? In the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, according to this map. To which I have to ask, how the hell did Carly get in there a few episodes back? She chartered a plane, a train, and an automobile, and then a teeny-weeny little boat. Well, while I do certainly think Carly is capable of that, considering she's a badass, I refuse to believe this map is accurate, and they have to be in the Pacific Ocean. It just seems too close to the Autobot base in other episodes not to be. It, regardless if they drove all the way to Washington, D.C., no problem in that one episode. Uh, either that, or the platform isn't built on top of their base, as the dialogue seems to imply. And it's just, you know, one of their bases of the week. <laughs> Which they do seem to have so many of those. They do I have mean. a lot of those. Yeah, and so. Well, Optimus smells a rat named Megatron. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> he really isn't. And uh, so Quantum Labs is finally able to get a hold of Optimus, I think, through Teletran 1, but I don't remember. Yeah, um, I mean, Teletran 1 basically operates as their phone, so yeah, yes. Yeah, so the scientist, Quantum Labs, warns them about Torque's sudden case of the evils. And Optimus is ready to head towards the lab, but Hound offers to investigate the oil tankers all converging in the middle of the goddamn Atlantic Ocean. You're not a boat, Hound. You're really not. It's okay. Skyfire's on the job. Skyfire and Spec. <laughs> <laughs> you have the dream team. <laughs> yep. Optimus transforms and uh, Wheeljack, Prowl, and Sidespipe and Ironhide are suddenly right there. Right there. Where the hell did those guys come from? <laughs> Through the power camera angles, they were there the whole time. <laughs> Prime's group arrives at the labs and Optimus rips the crossing barrier off so they can enter before, you know, being shot out by, you know, the robots. Or tanks? They are attacked by all the tanks from before that apparently don't have any humans controlling them. <laughs> oh. Oh, so that's why they were so useless earlier. <laughs> they were 
would have, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, the Autobots are surrounded by this plethora of vehicles as Optimus channels Charlie Brown, good grief, or Jotaro from JoJo's <laughs> Strange Adventures, Bizarre Adventures. Yeah. Being cars themselves, they get the brilliant idea to um shoot out the tires on the attacking vehicles. This only gets them so far, so Optimus Prime speed dials the Dinobots by pressing his abs. Ah, ab <laughs> cell phone service. I mean, it was the 80s. <laughs> I mean, why not make the cell phone your entire ab if it's <laughs> gotta be huge? Might as well, right? I mean, at least just save a little space. But that being said, you would think it's in his helmet, considering the little antenna he had a few episodes back. But continuity, what's that? <laughs> I mean, just imagine someone going up and knocking on your grill while in <laughs> truck mode. <laughs> Optimus Prime called Dinobots! Dinobots smash gas station! <laughs> Wait, no! <laughs> so Peter Cullen talks to himself for a few lines. And the Dinobots arrive with Grimlock in the lead. Good thing Peter Cullen only does Prime and Ironhide, because if we had to say that joke, if we said that joke for every time Welker talked to himself, it would be absurd. <laughs> We'd be here all day. We would be here all day! <laughs> Optimus orders the Dinobots to smash here, which... Obviously, being <sighs> Dinobots, they comply. There is much mayhem and explosions. Yep. So, apparently, the doors are controlled by a computer, but not the windows, because the two scientists are able to shout to the Autobots from their open window. I also am laughing because a lot of, like, uh, multi-story buildings that are, like, work places, you can't even open the windows. Oh, especially now. They might have been able to in the 80s. Yeah, right? but uh, definitely be a question, because probably not every place had AC either, yeah. so I imagine it would have been more common. Sludge gives Optimus a lift to the window, and he helps the two scientists escape. Optimus asks a question, and um, then answers it himself, with, you know, the answer, of course, being Megatron. He's basically like, I the machine rebellion! <laughs> the scientists are confused, as Torque shouldn't be able to control things that aren't, you know, specifically designed for it. Then Sparkplug shows up to explain about the chips the Decepticons have been using, um... Where did he come from? Why are characters pooping into existence so much in this episode? The power of convenience. The power of convenience. Optimus then takes the chip from Sparkplug and sticks it into his arm. Optimus, why would you do that? It's controlled everything else. It's touched just by touching it. But not him, apparently. The Autobots are led to Torque's hangar, but the door is locked. To cut Optimus, thankfully, I have a delicate lock-picking technique. That technique is blasting the door. <laughs> and Let then, it never be said that Optimus doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, oh god, he definitely has a sense of humor. <laughs> it's just dad humor. Yeah. And so the Autobots are attacked by those funky-looking machines that we saw earlier before we jet on over to Skyfire and Company. <laughs> Apparently the Decepticons plan is to collect all the oil from the tankers and pump it down to their base. But, oh no, the oil platform is protected by an unbreakable shield! We've seen that one before. How the heck didn't the Autobots see the cons building this giant freaking platform in the middle of a fucking ocean? They're just not paying attention to the goddamn oceans, I don't know. The Sky Spy! You have Sky Spies! Yep. 
Ah, they land on one of the tankers. Hound and Spike exiting from Skyfire's crotch hatch. Of course. <laughs> they ask the captain to hide them so they can get, you know, through the shield and surprise the Decepticons. Hide them how? Skyfire is huge. Where are they gonna hide him? Mass shifting? I don't know. Somehow it works. And at the boat docks, Megatron supervising personally for some reason, along with an incorrectly colored hook. As the ship approaches, Hound and Skyfarer jump out of a conveniently sized hole that was just on the ship's deck. I guess it's, um, a hold or something? I don't know. Yeah, but it was really large, like, large enough for Skyfarer to get into. I have no idea how realistic that is. And then a fight breaks out. Soundwave and some of his cassettes joining the fray as well. And our deadweight, I mean Spike, is captured by Laserbeak pretty much immediately. Yep. Megatron tells them to surrender, or you'll have Laserbeak dro drop Spike. Oh no! <laughs> Soundwave is standing off in the background, like the strong independent tape deck he is. And back at the lab, more of those crazy machines come out of the whole prime blasted and attack. Again, what were these made for? They seem um, perfect for hunting off Autobots. Optimus, were your friends planning on doing bad things to you? Quite possibly. It, <laughs> about those bad things, Optimus is captured by the cake machine. I mean, the bondage machine. Oh, I mean the one with the tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. What else is that thing supposed to be for? Like, maybe that's what they were doing. Were they making a giant bondage machine for the Autobots to have fun with? <laughs> I broke sex. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Prowl can lift as he struggles to hold one of the robot's mouths open so it doesn't, like, crush him. But then Ironhide just walks up to his opponent, plugs a hole with his finger, and then it explodes. <laughs> Welcome to the Looney Tunes, starring the Autobots. <laughs> Sideswipe just makes his clap and then kills it. <laughs> of course. So after, you know, um, all of that, they finally enter the hangar to find a maze. <laughs> Who designed this place? I think Torque's done some redecorating overnight. He has had an army of, like, robo-slaves at his disposal. The funky-ass robots. I'm <laughs> 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 <Kingdom> much fun. <laughs> That's today now. No one can stop me. Optimus enters alone uh, before we cut back to Skyfire, Hound, and Spike, who are in the Decepticon brig. <laughs> When the Decepticons catch Naughty Autobots, they go in the Naughty Autobot hole. Dare I ask what that means for Spike? <laughs> God, there is a really terrible pun there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, there probably is. I am not going into that. <laughs> nope, nope, we've talked about King Machines multiple times. I don't want to get into anything else tonight. Spike and his compatriots are trapped and waiting for rescue, but don't worry, Spike has a plan. I feel like it's only fair they're stuck there because of Spike in the first place. He should have a plan. Well, considering what his plan is, he's the only damn one who can carry it out. True. 
<sighs> Torque, well, back with Optimus. Torque continues to bait Optimus as, you know, our dad bot makes his way through the maze and the evil robots. Optimus gets another circuit breaker. That was called circuit linker. Circuit linker put on him, and this controls him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, controls him. I guess we should assume Sparkplug or Wheeljack disabled the other one. Um, that makes sense. Although I, <clears throat> so through this entire section, right? I was comparing Torque's dialogue to Megatron. You know, since Meg's programmed his personality into this computer. You know, everything seems spot on. I can hear Megatron saying all of this. But then, when Torque captures Optimus, he says, Come to me, my pet! And I have to admit, this sounds like what Megatron would say in this situation. And I basically fucking lost it while we were watching it. But to make this even better, he says, You're mine now, two seconds later. Apparently, Megatron's thirst for Optimus transferred over, too. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! Optimus has been pretending to be controlled the entire time. Of course! <laughs> and that broke a broken circuit linker he had earlier was in fact uh, there for a reason. He swapped it with the active one. How he managed to do that without touching the live one is debatable, but alright. I don't have the time or energy to debate it, so <laughs> let's not. Fair. Torque orders his robots to destroy Optimus, but one well-placed punch by, uh, you know, the dad bot makes Torque explode. Ding dong, the Torque is dead. <laughs> Torque 1 and 2 are probably very grateful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Torque 3 seems like a bastard. Certainly was a bastard there at the end. Soundwave warns Megatron that Torque is no longer in control of the tankers, but Megs will control them with his radio transmitter he's conveniently holding. Does it come with a funky hat? We could only hope, but sadly no. <sighs> yeah. The scientists send Optimus and company off on like a super fast... Boat? I think it's a hydrofoil, I don't know, as they head towards the Decepticon's location. So apparently they were close to the coast. Apparently. Uh, with Sparkplug driving, by the way. Oh, Sparkplug. Most interesting man in the world. He knows how to do everything. He's been a ruby miner, an oil driller, a mechanic, boat captain. Everything. Autobot liaison. Yeah. And back into the brig, uh, Spike has conveniently found an electromagnet just lying around. I'm starting to think this isn't so much their brig as it is their trash pile room. That begs the question, what the fuck they were using an electromagnet for or how? I don't... I don't know. God. Uh, Spike uses the electromagnet to magnetize the cassettes standing by the door to the wall. So, magnetize their guards. Yes, essentially. With the cassettes incapacitated, Skyfire bursts the door down. Bust the door down. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> And through a five-second interlude, we are told the Autobots in the boat are within sight as Soundwave spots them. But Megatron's not worried. They'll never get through that shield, right? Jetfire, Hound, and Spike find the shield generator, uh, so helpfully being guarded by Frenzy. Skyfire lures Frenzy away as Hound shoots the generator with one of his missiles. How did Hound get his ammo back? Because I'm pretty sure they were disarmed. Shush. They don't want you to think about it. They didn't either. <laughs> Oh, that's true. Uh, the shield goes down just as the other Autobots arrive, and uh, you'll never guess how they do. The boat yeets itself out of the water and onto the platform, and it's horrifyingly entertaining, because I keep imagining that the boat is going to break. Right? Another fight breaks out, with Starscream, Laserbeak, and Frenzy joining Megatron and Soundwave. And Megatron runs away. And Optimus follows to destroy the radio transmitter. 
Once destroyed, Optimus tells the tankers they're free to go. Megatron, you know, being a sore loser, sets the whole platform to explode. The other bots make it back to the boat, but Prime runs to go find Skyfire and the others, who they presumably know are on there for some reason. I mean, I think... I mean, it's not the worst assumption to make, but I'm like, did they see them? I don't think they did. Maybe I mean, they talked to one of the to the tanker captains? I don't know. I don't know. No, they, they like, they wouldn't have had time. I, I'm gonna go with maybe they've all got GPS on them or something and just roll with that, probably. Yeah. So they all make it out on Skyfire once he's able to get, you know, out of the platform. And take off. Yeah. One of the scientists thanks the bots for their help and makes a rather unfortunate comment about unreliable machines. You know, eating that entire foot. <laughs> yeah. And he attempts to make a recovery, but it's not really successful. It's not very good. <laughs> and, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Oh, but they brought the boat back to where it was from originally. And, I mean, good yeah. for them for not exploding the boat that was helpfully <laughs> lent to them, I suppose. Yeah. But join us next time for everyone's favorite holiday, Autobot Day. Wait, wait, no? Do we mean Decepticon Day? <sighs> parades. There are parades, parades, however you And I think this it. is a multi-parter, if I'm remembering properly. Yep. Because <laughs> I think it's like Megatron's master plan. Is it yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It's multi-parts. It's two parts, I'm pretty sure. And we have fanfiction recommendations due to the fact that I've been swamped. I didn't come up with any, so Alice, Alice has supplied our fanfiction recommendations for today. <laughs> Wildcard fix, yet again. These have nothing to do with the episode. Alright, um, so I have picked two for today. Uh, the first one is Cuck Rung by, I'm going to assume that this is said Eve de Walrus. Um, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's accurate. I can't remember what her username is on Tumblr, but um, it is IDW continuity. It is rated T. It's technically slash, but let me tell you all the slashes, relatively background for the most part, and or it's really not the main focus. But it has um, Minimus Ambus Megatron and uh, Drift Ratchet are main characters. There are more than this uh, that have popped up since, but our main characters are Rodimus, Ultra Magnus, Drift, Ratchet, Swerve, Megatron, and Ravage. Our description is Rodimus creates a shipwide group chat. This proves to be a horrible decision. It is ongoing. It's not complete. It is multi-chaptered. And let me tell you, it is hilarious. I laugh my ass off every time I read this um, because it is literally just a group chat with all of these characters. And think of it very much like a Discord where you have certain people who can like rename others and all this other shit. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. <laughs> and our second one is Shimmer of Hope by Nikad? 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 Um, one of those. The pronunciation is debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Internet! Uh, it is IDW. It's rated T. It's Gen. Uh, there are no pairings. And our characters are Verity and Springer. The summary is, what did Verity write in that thank you card to Springer anyway? It's a one-shot. I believe this is after, it's the last of the Wreckers trilogy from the IDW comic. Requiem for the Wreckers, maybe? I think that one. Uh, this is right after that. It's pretty short, but um, I really like Verity, so I'm like, Verity needs to be in more things. So there's my recommendation for today. 
And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as Afterspark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSparkPodcast, such as... (laughs) (laughs) You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts, such as AO3, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, just to name a few. Uh, feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, too. We actually, you know, have to do a mic check before we do any recording, so uh, it's helpful for us. I have a list of questions, but we're going to run out eventually, and I don't think I should be left to think of questions by myself. If you have a question about Transformers or whatever, feel free to send it to us on Tumblr, and we'll probably use it for a warm-up, and I'll try to answer it on Tumblr, too. <laughs> yeah, or I guess in the comments on AO3. Yep, that also too. works. Comments, or AO3, YouTube. YouTube, basically anywhere we, you know, we respond back to, which is mostly YouTube and AO3. Yeah. So, uh, till next time, guys, I'm Specs. And I'm Els. Tiddles! Tiddles!